0: Welcome to Worldview, a foreign affairs podcast from the Irish Times. I'm Chris Dooley. We are just over seven months away now from the date of Britain's scheduled departure from the European Union, and negotiations on the terms of the UK's exit, and what its future relationship with the EU will look like, have resumed after the summer break. But such has been the slow pace of negotiations, and indeed the disagreements within the British government about what it wants from a Brexit deal, that there are increasing concerns that the UK might crash out of the European Union on March 29th without any deal at all. That's why we've been hearing a lot of talk in recent days and weeks about the prospects of a no-deal Brexit. But what would a no-deal Brexit mean? What would it look like? And what would the practical consequences be for the people of the EU and the UK? Well, sitting in front of me is somebody who is very well equipped to answer those questions. That's Patrick Smith, our Europe editor will be returning to his base in Brussels next week to resume his reports and analysis of this story for the Irish Times. Paddy, good to see you in Dublin. Have you had a good Brexit-free holiday?
1: Well, it's been Brexit-free, all right. Um, and, and as to whether or not I'm better equipped to, to answer these questions, I'm not altogether sure, because part of the problem is that the fog of war, which is
0: consuming Brussels, uh, means that nobody knows what's going to happen, and that's part of the problem. And indeed, some of the uses are horrendously complex, really, and I think maybe we'll try to mine down a little bit and, and, and get to the bottom of some of them in this discussion. But before we do that, maybe you might just give us a quick overview of The state of play in the Brexit negotiations, what has been agreed and what's yet to be agreed and what are the main staging posts, you know, in the weeks ahead? Well, the most important
1: thing to understand is that we're part of it's part of the mantra of of Brussels negotiations that nothing is agreed until everything is agreed. So even though we have notional agreements on elements of various uh, treaties, uh, none of them uh, are agreed until everything is agreed. That said, I have to qualify it and we return to this issue because in the no-deal situation, it's quite important to know what is uh, covered by that phrase, nothing is agreed until everything is agreed, and what isn't, particularly in Ireland. Uh, At the moment, we're working our way through uh, the withdrawal agreement, which has been known as the, the, the Divorce Treaty, which encompasses three main elements. One is uh, the the general agreement on, on how citizens will be treated, uh, the bill that the British will have to pay, all sorts of things that relate specifically to the relation between Britain and the whole of the European Union. Another part of it is the Protocol on Ireland, which is a bilateral uh, in effect, uh, which is an attempt to get... Uh, Copper fastened an agreement that there will be no hard border after after Brexit and various other elements of uh, that are that are supposed to preserve the Good Friday Agreement and, and and those agreements.
0: And just quickly on those three elements, on the citizens, uh, for example. I mean there is a broad yeah. agreement in place, notwithstanding what you say about nothing is agreed until yeah. everything is, but um both sides have agreed to recognize the rights of, of each other's citizens
1: post-Brexit. They are, right? yeah, post, post-Brexit, that they will be broadly similar to what they are at the moment, although although there are still arguments about how the British are are registering the, those European nationals uh, because it's incredibly bureaucratic and there's still arguments about that and there's still arguments about how long their rights are preserved for and who will adjudicate if the rights are not sufficiently uh, uh, regarded, uh, the, the, uh, whether or not the European Court of Justice has a role there. So that's still not quite agreed. But largely, the citizens' rights side is, is, is agreed. Largely, the formula for calculating the bill uh, for the British is agreed. Largely, other elements of the thing from uratum to other uh, elements of, our, of the continuing relationship uh, have been agreed. Uh, Protocol is still a matter of considerable difficulty for for, for Ireland. And the the third element of of that withdrawal agreement is the agreement for for transition, which is basically uh, that the British will effectively remain part of the European Union for another uh, 18 months uh, from March next year. Uh, but they won't be at the table making decisions. They will be bound by regulations, uh, but they will be entitled to the rights of of, of, of members otherwise. And that of transition course, is, is incredibly important to the British and also to, to the Europeans. And if there isn't agreement on the withdrawal agreement as a whole, then that transition falls, and the British crash out on, on March the 29th, as you were saying.
0: Now, this week, we know the British government, later in the week, are to publish um, a series of, Technical notices or preparedness papers that can have I been just, described as. Can I just the other side of the of the talks that are
1: ongoing at the moment. As the other element is the talks on the future relationship, which are also ongoing at the moment and are resumed this week. And the British have published new papers on those talks. And that is whether or not the, the, there will be free trade between uh, the European Union and and, uh, uh, um, and Britain after the Brexit uh, uh, transition has happened. Those are very complicated, very difficult, and they are enormously divisive in the British cabinet. But they are uh, they are moving forward uh, slowly uh, at the moment. And as I say, there was a very there were a couple of quite important papers published by the British this this week, indicating where they thought things might go
0: along, along those lines. Okay, and those were published on Monday, just yeah. to be clear. And then there are more papers coming yeah. later in the week which have been described as kind of preparedness papers, and these will advise business and public bodies and citizens and so on how to prepare for a no-deal Brexit. Do we have any idea what um, to expect from, from, from those?
1: Well, we, we've seen the headlines. Uh, we've seen the titles of those papers, and there, there are 84 papers be, uh, being published by uh, the UK And there have been 67 papers published. These are relatively short, but they're sector by sector, area by area, saying what has to be done if there is no deal on March the 29th. And this is the other side of of the equation uh, of, of, of the talks. Uh, they're being conducted actually in Brussels by different a different set of people. Uh, there's a special task force attached to the Commission Secretary General, uh, which is which is preparing for a No Deal, and there are, there are. Um, the, the problem is that increasingly ministers from European Union countries, two of them last week, said that they saw the likelihood as 50 uh, that that there would be no deal, that there would be there would be possible to get agreement, and therefore that there would be a crash uh, crash out on on the, on the twenty ninth of March, and the last summit in June. The conclusions of the summit said, hey guys, everybody had better start preparing for an deal, because uh, we're, we're by no means certain that there, w- there will be agreement. So uh, the member states are being encouraged to do their own work. The commission is doing its own work in as much as it, as it can. But every single member state of the European Union has legislation that relates to, uh, to uh, how it deals with British citizens, how it deals with... Uh, British pets in transition. With uh, there the are European regulations on on aircraft landing rights, uh, th- that's one of the big problems. If 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 uh, on March 29th there is no agreement of any kind, the uh, British-based uh, airlines will no longer be entitled to to drop passengers and pick up passengers at European airports because they won't be part of the European free sk- skies policy. And there's a huge range of, of areas, very complex areas, uh, which have to be dealt with in, in any uh, no-deal preparations.
0: Just to isolate that one, the aviation one, Paddy, in particular, because there's been a lot of discussion about that. It's clear that that is a potential consequence of a no-deal Brexit, but um, how real is that threat? I mean, let's say we're coming up to March, the prospects uh, for a deal are diminishing um, Will something be done? Can some other arrangement be made, you know, to keep airplanes in the air? It, it seems impossible, the idea that this would actually come to fruition, this, this particular scenario.
1: I think that applies to all of the areas that people say, but surely we we can patch something up at the last minute, if necessary. Extend the transition in this area. And and, and that's certainly, uh, I've talking to senior officials in the, in the last few days, They say, well, we think that that, that these these things will probably be done. But it's very messy and it's completely uncertain that it would be done in time. Um, And... uh the 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 airline one i think is particularly important that it is that i i mean i think there's an awareness on all sides that this this would have to be done uh, uh but but it has a, you know you have to have people sit down across a table from each other and say well if we do this will you do that you know it's not a it's not a fr- a fr- just signing a blank check and saying, okay we we'll let we we'll let things uh, drift on you can't do, uh, do that with these these uh, sorts of agreements they're enormously complicated legal agreements So, yes, you're right. Um, And I I was reading an article by Simon Jenkins in The Guardian uh, the other day who was saying who poo-pooed the idea of this uh, extraordinary crash over a cliff on the 29th of March. He said, oh, things have sorted out and, you know, initially he says customs officers will be told just to wave traffic on and, and wait for further instructions. I'm not sure that it's as simple as that. Uh, it, it's been said by other people uh, that similar on on both sides of the argument, British and and, and the Irish side, have sort of said, oh, yeah, be, we will, you know, things will be sorted out." Um, I'm not sure that the, it'll be as, as simple as that. There are there are places, for example, in in relation to animal regulations, uh, uh, health and, and safety, food food wise, that. Um, the rules are very strict about uh, enforcing uh, a border uh, on on the edge of the european union, and the 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 food um, the passage of food between European Union countries could begin to unravel if people be- began to believe for example that large quantities of food was coming across the Northern Ireland border without sort of controls in the north that they would regard as sufficient uh, and and acceptable so Yes, something may be fixed up at the last minute, um, but it, it, it's by no means easy. and it, it, It's certainly not a, a, a across the board.
0: Um, I'd like to come back in a minute to that whole question of the consequences of a, of a no-deal Brexit, but just um, to come back to maybe, I mentioned the staging post ahead, just to give people a, a mental picture, I suppose, of where this story is going over the hmm. coming weeks. There's a, there are a few... Maybe just to have a quick look at... The, the British Party conference season comes up end of September, early October. You have the Lib Dems first, mid-September, then Labour. But I suppose the key one then is the Conservative Party uh, conference in, in Birmingham, which starts on September 30th, goes on for, for three or four days. What kind of impact might that conference have on the negotiations? What kind of pressure might Theresa May come under at that conference?
1: I think it's the sense that um, she will not want to be giving hostages to fortune, um, to her uh, brexiteer backbenchers ahead of the party conference, which could turn into a really vicious shouting match if um, the, the, the problem is that the rank and file Tories are not with the majority of the parliamentary party which is which is broadly supportive of theresa may uh, they're quite likely to to um, shout and scream if they see uh, a so called sellout so there's a lot of feeling in in Brussels that the the British will hold their hand in terms of of showing up uh, major concessions on the customs union and on on the single market until after the uh, uh, the conference, which as you say is September the thir- the, the thirtieth. That's right. Yeah. And uh, the problem then is that you're running into a very very short time frame before. Uh, I think it's the October twentieth. The 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 summit, uh, which is supposed to have um, uh, a treaty on it on it up for discussion and for agreement, so that it can be sent out for ratification. Now the withdrawal treaty. Um, it's I, I I simply cannot see how it's possible for that withdrawal f- treaty to be completed uh, by by then, given the, that particular political scenario. Not least because Northern Ireland is. Um, Remains uh, a very problematic issue. The Tories are digging themselves deeper and deeper into a a, a rut, uh, insisting that they're not going to have any kind of controls on the on the Irish Sea, um, despite the fact that they already exist. Despite the fact that the European Union is trying to minimise the nature of those controls, trying to say that this doesn't have a, an effect on the constitutional status of Northern Ireland, it is very difficult to see any way. Uh, of the uh, of the british backing down now on that particular issue and their insistence that the northern ireland problem the protocol problem uh, can be solved on an all british basis is uh, is just not a runner for the European Union, so we, we have a really difficult problem on, on the protocol in and, and, and Northern Ireland.
0: That summit. The summit takes place um, on the 18th of October, and that, that issue really is, is expected or needs to be resolved by that date. Is that is it as it, it is felt
1: by everybody that if you don't have a treaty there agreed, uh, the text of a treaty which can then go to the European Parliament for approval, can go back to, to London for, because it's got to be approved by the Commons, that you won't have time to get it approved uh, by uh, the time uh, of March when the British... Um, it, it has to be agreed, formally agreed, uh, before March the 29th. Um, the, there is some slight room for slippage. There's, there's been increasing talk before I left Brussels of... Another summit in November. But the problem is anytime you have those sort of discussions, what it does is it takes pressure off the British they, uh, who feel that they can then just push back a little more on on uh, making specific proposals. So uh, I don't know. I think there's a lot of reluctance to have a November summit. Uh, but it, it's looking more and more likely because the time frame is simply not there uh, given given
0: political calendar, I'm just trying to get a picture, I suppose, for people who are yeah. following the story and it's a difficult story to follow what if everything goes according to plan and the timetable, what should be happening November, December, January? what should the sides be talking about in that period leading up to march?
1: November, mm. December, January should be basically the the agreement going back to the member states yes and and being approved by the each of the member states formally. And by the European Parliament. Now it doesn't have to be a a referendum at this stage in each of the member states, thank goodness everybody says, because of the problems that referendums have. The second agreement at a much later stage on the the trade relationship will probably have to be done by referendums in several countries. Anyway it will go back to to the member states, uh, to the European Parliament uh, for, for approval and in the meantime they will try and put more flesh on the future framework document, which which is likely to be fairly broad brush uh, in, in, the, in the first first phase. The real detail not really starting in, until the UK has actually left the end of March.
0: And as you mentioned earlier Paddy, several EU ministers have in the past couple of weeks put the chances of a of a deal at, at this stage at 50-50 and, and that would mean Britain crashing out March 29th, no transition in place. And and um, the consequences of that, you've mentioned a few of them already. You know, the for aviation, for example. What are the other kind of headline issues that that uh, you you would pick out the, the headline consequences of a no deal Brexit?
1: I think the biggest is uh, is the imposition of border controls and the disruption of of the flow of trade, because uh, the requirements of the World Trade Organization, under which whose rules the, the British would be operating if they do crash out. Uh, are that the, the borders between trading areas are are controlled, and uh, so it 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 would be necessary to have customs posts uh, at which where goods were inspected and where necessary tariffs were charged, uh, and this is going to create absolute chaos. I mean, it's years since people had to uh, traders had to. Um, um, Fill in customs forms for every lorry that crosses the border,
0: and as somebody's pointed out, like a two-minute delay for one, you know, lorry, say at Dover, involves a tailback miles and miles long.
1: Yeah, it's not two minutes anyway. It's it's much. It's going to be much more than that, and inevitably, and they're going to have to turn a, a whole parts of of motorways into into car parks. As people queue up, but before that businesses are going to have to start filling in in customs forms for every single piece of good that they take they, they, take, they take abroad. Many businesses rely on what's called just-in-time uh, 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 logistics, which means that that stuff arrives on the shelves of supermarkets literally hours, if not minutes, before it's sold so that stocks don't build up. Now, if you, if you destroy the just-in-time system, it, you're going to add hugely to costs of storage, you're going to add hugely to costs of, of, of transport, difficulties with fresh food and, and, uh, and the like. The, the animal regulations I, I, I mentioned, the, the transport of cattle, the transport of, of, of meat, and, and all of that has to be certified. Rules of origin apply. Uh, all of those things will kick in from day one unless there there is an agreement. And um, even if you decide you're not going to charge tariffs uh that 's not the issue. they have to be inspected. You have to know what 's coming in and going out and that they are operating by um, under the the, the the right rules that they 're properly um, uh, they 're being properly processed so th- so the biggest effect uh, immediately is on is on uh, trade It also eff- is going to affect the rights of businesses to trade in the European Union. Uh, particularly financial services, they lose their passporting rights, which is the, the right basically to establish services uh, freely within the European Union. They'll have to apply for those. There'll have to be new agreements about uh, setting setting all of those up. But one of the other areas, which is, I, I think, most uh, uh, significant, and particularly for this country, is, is the question of the Northern Ireland border. Because, quite frankly, nobody knows what happens in a no-deal situation. Uh, and I've been trying to find out and I've been talking to a whole variety of people who are supposed to know. And if you're making preparations for a no deal, uh, you have to know what the the rules will be when when a no deal happens. Um, in the north, uh, the, the 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 in the talks about the north, both the British and the Irish sides and the European Union have based a lot of what they've done on preserving. Uh, the Belfast Agreement and the implications of the Belfast Agreement. And and they've agreed really pretty formally that a lot of the things that they're talking about are the necessary logical, legal outcomes of uh, ensuring that the, the Good Friday Agreement continues to apply. It is agreed on both sides... That a a free and frictionless border, allowing people to move backwards and forwards, allowing goods to move backwards and forwards, allowing cattle to move backwards and forwards, uh, without any impediment, is necessary to keep the spirit of the Good Friday Agreement alive. So what does that mean in a no-deal situation? If the no-deal collapse, uh, no-deal situation arises, then we are are notionally back to everything, uh, nothing is agreed until everything is agreed, except in relation to the border in Northern Ireland. Because what has been agreed in Northern Ireland is not based on simply the EU withdrawal, but on the preservation of a legally binding international agreement called the Good Friday Agreement. So is it going to be necessary for a border to be imposed, a hard border to be imposed in, in Northern Ireland? It depends on who answers the question. You ask, ask the Taoiseach, he says that in the no deal preparations, the Irish government's making. He is not making any preparations for putting in a hard border uh, in the in the north for customs posts or for any any kinds of controls. Fair enough. You ask the British ambassador in in, in Brussels: what is his understanding of the British commitment to a no, to a Uh, A frictionless border. He says we're absolutely committed to a frictionless border. He said we think the the Good Friday Agreement is is a wonderful thing and we're completely committed to it. Does that mean that there won't be any controls on the border? He won't answer the question. Ask the Commission task force, which is responsible for negotiating uh, the the protocol, what happens if there's a no-deal situation? Do you regard the British commitment on the, the border to being a uh, an un, unequivocal, unconditional commitment that doesn't that doesn't disappear if you have a, a, a no deal situation, and they say, oh, we don't ask us. You better talk to the Commission uh, working group on on the no deal, the preparedness working group. Um, they're dealing with with preparedness for for that eventuality. We're not. We're not. We're talking about getting a deal. We're going to get a deal. That's the Commission Task Force. Ask the Commission Preparedness Group. They say, oh, no, 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 Uh, the border, Northern Ireland border, that's part of the protocol discussions. You've got to ask the Commission Task Force. We don't know anything about that at all. Uh, You ask um, the, uh, the Irish Commissioner uh who you know who's an observer on the thing he's not actually a player in the in the whole thing what he thinks happens uh when when there's a when there's a no-deal situation he said oh there's a hard border of course there's a hard border uh in, in in Ireland so you have this huge question mark over what is actually going to happen in this country if the the no-deal uh scenario uh falls into place. And and the the critical thing is that nobody's talking to each other about it. They're not saying, well, look, if we don't get agreement on the other, can we at least agree that the following will happen? Not talking about it because, according to Irish diplomats, it would, would confuse the other the other discussions. So uh, as I say, I'm not really in a position to tell you what happens there's yeah. no
0: deal. Well, I mean, one of the arguments made by the the arch Brexiteers, if you like, is that uh, well, there's no need for a border and and, and if, if uh neither side puts one there, um there just won't be one. I've heard say John Redwood, you know, say this on, on, on radio, well, we're not going to put a border infrastructure there. Is the Republic of Ireland going to put border infrastructure there? Um and yeah. what, what's what's the answer to that to that argument? The answer to that is that the
1: um British would be operating under World Trade Organization rules uh, which cover borders and the need to police borders uh, between, uh, between areas that are not free trading areas. So they, they would have a, immediately have a legal obligation to, to put some form of, of controls on the, on the border. And the, it, is, it is extremely unlikely that the, that the Irish, that the 27 or the 26 partners that Ireland has in the European Union, we'll just say Asher. We turn a blind eye. Uh, there is a, there is definitely out there a, a, a sort of blind eye uh, caucus which says Asher. Just you know, it, it won't matter. But it does matter because the on, on the agriculture thing. I come back to, to that again and again. We've we've had BSE, we've had uh, mad cow, and what happened in those crises where. Uh, there was a, a complete cessation of of trade in in, uh, in in animals for periods quite long periods of time was because there was a breakdown in trust because the european institution the european member states said we we simply don't know what controls you've got on uh the production and and distribution of of animals we 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 can't source stuff we're not confident in the sourcing of stuff and it's not going to be good enough for the Brits to say, we will just continue with the current arrangements because, in fact, the current arrangements couldn't continue. The, the European control mechanisms would not apply to Northern Ireland. So you'd have to set up systems in Northern Ireland that mirrored them and that were acceptable to, to, to um, uh, the South. This matters with with some animal products, for example. There There are animals being fattened in the South and slaughtered in the North, there are some animals that travel several times across the border before they actually start heading to the market. Uh, and this, it, it could create absolute chaos if they have to be uh, controlled on, to control on the border. But nevertheless, they have to be if if you are to maintain the integrity of the European uh, um, single market.
0: On the question of the border, Paddy, Brussels has stood shoulder to shoulder with Dublin on this issue until now. But is there a danger that as the negotiations enter the final straight? is coming into play that the Irish government might actually come under pressure to agree some kind of less than satisfactory deal on the borders some kind of hard border in the interests of a, of a better deal for the European Union
1: I, I think that the um, uh, yeah, it is possible that uh, we, will, we will reach a stage where where some border controls are are imposed uh, it it is not um, I think it, it is it is more like it is most likely to be because uh, the British continue to refuse to consider the alternatives that the, that the European Union is suggesting to them, like the treatment of Northern Ireland as a special place apart, uh, which people in 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 the other member states simply don't understand why it is that the British are being so adamant uh, about that, but they are they're quite insistent that. Um, they are not going to just turn turn a blind eye, and so that the British will have to come up with some kind of some kind of of a, a solution. I think there's no sympathy at all with among the 27 for the British uh, blanket uh, prohibition on on any kind of of um, special special um, deal for Northern Ireland. So the pressure is not likely to be on the Irish government. Um, but you're right in some senses that there may be a, a there may be a temporary panic uh, as we approach March the 29th, which simply wants to keep things going for a while, and it's more likely to be an extension of of transition provisions uh, and uh, and um, an, an allowing of transition to begin even without a deal in the north, uh, rather than any acceptance of a long term. Of a long term uh, uh, agreement, I mean the transition is 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 very problematic uh, for uh, the european union if because we 're still not ready i mean there 's huge amounts of technical stuff needs to be done and and the member states really don 't want to have to uh, cancel transition.
0: Um, and and um, just we, we started on, on on the topic of a no-deal Brexit. There, there are no end of other sort of practical issues that um, you could talk about, aren't there? I mean, from, from recognition of new medicines to acceptance of UK driving licences and, yeah, and yeah. so on. That uh, one of the effect- things that amused me in the, in the course of the, of the summer I was reading through the, the
1: British have a... The Brexit uh, department has a web a website in which they put up all new documents, proposals and, and the like, but also... Uh, all the regulatory changes that they're making. And one of the ones that went up the other day uh, was a a proposal to change a really obscure, small piece of legislation, but it it reflects the complexity of this. In Northern Ireland, in about 2010, legislation was passed requiring official public buildings to fly uh, a European flag on Europe Day uh this was something that uh isn't problematic in the rest of, of, of the UK, but because of the Northern Ireland flags problems, it was problematic there. And the regulation is very specific. In in on buildings where there are official buildings where there are two flagpoles, one Union flag will be flown. And two, a European Union flag, flag will be found, flown. And the, the amendment to those regulations, which is now going through the, the, the commons, uh, removes that requirement because obviously when Britain leaves the European Union, it would be silly to require it to fly the European the Union flag on on Europe Day, which is March the ninth, nay the ninth, I think, if my memory serves me, certainly right. Uh, and so that that's just one of the, of the many uh, uh, little little bits of legislation that uh, across virtually every area of life. And you, you mentioned driving lessons, medicines approvals uh, is is very worrying. Uh, there are drug companies now stockpiling uh, medicines in in Britain. So that there isn't any uh, hiatus when when border controls are improved, partly because the border controls will slow down the ch- the chain supply, but also because the the European Union's approval of medicines for use in in the European Union won't apply to Britain, and Britain will have to have its own system of appro- approving uh, medicines, testing medicines, and one of the things that's going on in the in the interminable discussions in Brussels is agreement on how maybe Britain could remain part of the medicines approval agency, just like it could remain part of a couple of other uh, other bodies, like the 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 airlines uh, agreement. And
0: listening to all of that, Paddy, it kind of reinforces a view that many of us have in Ireland, certainly that, that Brexit is a mess, and we tend to agree that it's a mess of of Britain's creation, but. Is there a danger that we, and, I, and when I say we, I mean in the Irish media, the Irish political establishment and, and the EU establishment as a whole, is there a danger that we're not trying hard enough to see any of this from Britain's point of view? And that, in other words, where we're scoffing at the Brits and the monumental mess they've made of Brexit, that we're all going to go over the cliff together. And end up with a scenario next march that 's a disaster for everyone
1: yeah i I, I think it 's wrong to characterize it as scoffing i think it 's people despairing, tearing their hair out because of the of the the fact that they really don 't believe that the British have understood. The implications of, of of what they are they are doing it, it's it's like un- unscrambling an omelette once the omelette is made you you can't do it. Uh, I saw another another journalist describing the border issue as as putting up the Berlin Wall after you've already taken it down. These these are much more substantial and difficult things. And the British have been t- uh, tied up in knots with their own internal uh, arguments. For and and the Europeans are. A, unsympathetic to those arguments, and B, exasperated and despairing over them. So I I think, yes, and I think I was struck yesterday by another uh, Irish Times colleague who said, aren't we being far too unsympathetic to to the case for Brexit and the the will of the British people to leave? Well, the will of the British people is changing. Uh, Opinion polls suggest that if the poll, the thing was rerun, and I still think the prospect of a, a, a second ballot is very unlikely. That if it was rerun, the majority of uh, British uh, people would would say would would vote to remain, because the the conclusion, the the implications of in to an extent that perhaps uh, they hadn't at the time of the referendum, they certainly hadn't at the time of the referendum so i think i uh, you can you can look at other polling for example there was polling over the course of the last month which showed that in in critical uh, no, uh, brexit constituencies where where the majority had been in favor of brexit the vote has now switched to 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 remain uh, many of these in, in in important labor constituencies as as well as as in tory constituencies so the tide is, has turned and the democratic argument uh, is is much less strong than it was before, and the you know I think we, the 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 voters had the right, of course, to say they wanted to pull out, but we we also have the right to say, well, you're wrong. You know, this is a silly decision, and it's a self inflicted wound, and we will continue to say that, um, and we in this country shouldn't have any hang ups about second referendums.
0: And so, finally, you know, Paddy, after after all of that, uh, what are your own assessments of the of the prospects of a deal? Do you, do you put them at fifty fifty in common with, with some of the comments made in recent weeks, or would you be more optimistic than that?
1: Well, I refuse to get drawn into this silly thing 50-50. It's complete nonsense. It's completely unscientific. You won't so, come on this podcast, Paddy, without me asking you to make a prediction. I will. I'm prepared <laughs> to make a prediction, but I'm not prepared to do it in, in mathematical terms, which give a sort of veneer of 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 scientific. Uh, 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 quality that, that they certainly don't deserve i i suspect that we will have some kind of a deal um uh and that the british won't crash out of of, of the european union um i think that how that's going to emerge it's it' still is still not clear and whether it means the european union has to um extend uh Go back slightly on some of its its uh, commitments to, for example, to the Irish on the protocol. Um, I'm not I'm not clear about that either. Um, we we I think, and again, I was talking to a senior civil servant, servant here the other day, who said to me that it was inconceivable that uh, the European Union would would allow the transition to to, to crash, because um, it's it's not. It's not in our interest any more than it 's in 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 theirs, even though from a negotiating point of view it 's an incredibly important stick to beat the british with i mean if you remove the threat that the, the transition will, will collapse and uh, then the, the the time pressure comes off the um uh, the British completely, and I, I think on on the protocol particularly, we, it would be seriously damaging to Ireland. But I think, nevertheless, it it would really be um, so cha- chaotic uh, that I there will be some kind of a fudge uh, that will allow
0: the transition to happen and
1: uh, and Britain to leave uh, on the twenty ninth
0: of March. Well, on that cautiously optimistic note, I think we'll we'll wrap it there. Paddy, thank you very much. That was Patrick Smith, our Europe editor. That's all for this week. For more on Brexit and other stories, go to irishtimes.com. Thanks for listening. Goodbye for now.